0: Hello there and welcome to the SysTaker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Colin Brown, and I'm joined by Richard Polly. Hello there. And Darren Granger. Hello there. So what we're going to talk about is the, uh, the plethora of Grand Championships that happened not last weekend, but the weekend prior. So that includes the Grand Championship of Sweden... The Grand Championship of the Netherlands, the US Grand Championship in St. Louis, and then the Polish Grand Championship. So there's a lot of lists, and there's just a lot of info to uh, to digest and work our way through. So we're just going to start. Uh, so we're going to look at Sweden first. When I look through the list of, so we're on list four, just looking at what's done well, I see a lot of aces. What do you think about that, Darren?
1: Yeah. So you look at the kind of the uh, the, the top cut, and you've got things like Grand Inquisitor, Darth Vader. Obi Wan Kenobi, Poe Dune, Echo, Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, it's it's a lot of aces, but also some some more chunky stuff. So you've got things like Cartel Marauders. You've got a, a showing of Vessary Inquisitors, which we know are good. There's there's there is quite a lot of variety in the uh, in the uh, Swedish Grand Championship. Um, no first order, which is uh, surprising to no one. But yeah, Thanks so there is. On later yeah indeed uh but there is there is some variety in there maybe not as as much as we'd like but there's there's definitely some uh some variety i mean the, the, for god's sake there's a transocean slaver in the top 16 when was the last time you saw one of those yeah yeah the, the, i think
2: the the big list that jumps out for me there are a couple of odd ones the biggest one that jumps out for me is being a massive what and how moment is four log- logistics division pilots with iron cannons and r4 astromechs um so those are the resistance transports four of them at i1 and then they're backed up by lulu lampar with nothing but heroic um and that was flown by simon carlson and he made top four at I
1: mean, Grand Championship. it's fairly, championship. Obvious, it, it's fairly yeah. obvious how that works out i can't believe that you find that as a surprise
2: yeah i mean it's obvious how
1: it works but it's kind of a
2: bit dumbfounding that you see it there do you know what i mean like they're big and they're chunky and they're slow and they've got iron cannons you know surely they get picked apart by other things or whatever it's just one of those you know you, you have you have a brief look across the table you see something like that and you go what what you know and then you have to start thinking how am i going to engage this it's not the kind of list that you expect to see everything else in the top 16 is something you'd expect maybe to see but that's something where it would just dumbfound me if it was put on opposite me i would lose to that and evidently, I think a lot of people did. I mean, it made it all the way to the top four. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, it, it's a definite standout in this cut, isn't it? Massive standout.
0: So so just to cover why we think it is good. So the Logistics Division pilot, in terms of base, hull, uh, you know, hit points and agility, is basically a B-Wing. But it's only got two attack dice being the big difference, apart from dial. So he's stuck on the Ion Cannon to give it a three-dice attack. And the R4 Astromech presumably is mainly for the hard ones.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, it, yeah. the hard
0: it makes the hard ones white and, and gives it interceptor like, blue hard twos. Yeah, but the thing is, it's got transport. It has no reposition. I think it's like the only small base ship in the game that has neither boost nor barrel roll. That's a good point. So like, I think yeah, I
2: think the reverses are the thing that gets it because once it catches you in an eye on, everything can just reverse to keep eyeinging you. Um, you know, it's it's really easy for it to keep things in R. Because it can do three point turns and stuff like that. Um, it can't K turn or talon roll, but it's got blue
1: two hards with the R four Astromax.
0: But well, is so, that true. It's really easy for it to keep stuff in. Arc. Is it better that a keeping stuff in arc than a K turn?
1: Well, it's easier to keep stuff in arc once it's ironed. Because you literally just do the one bank backwards or a full stop.
2: Mm. Yeah. And then you've got potentially range ones with your iron cannon turrets so even though they're unmodified, something's just gonna keep Eating damage, isn't it? Even if it's not modified, and then Lulu is obviously really good at flanking around, giving things something else to worry about. So that's a big jousting block with an ace. So, I mean, it's a it's a well known archetype, you know, swarm plus ace, but it's just a a totally different type of swarm.
0: Yeah, it's not something I'm that surprised to see. I know when the when the rebel transport or resistance transport rather first came out, I was looking a lot at them with advanced optics. Because it's you know similar output to uh, to an A wing, but one point cheaper, and you're obviously exchanging various maneuvers for others and agility for tankiness or hull. Um, but I kind of gave up on it because the interesting bits of the dial are the the red bits, which stop you doing a focus. So ion cannons, I suppose, get away get away with it a bit easier. But it's, it's definitely an interesting list. I'm not. I will be surprised if we see it doing well again.
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, I suppose that the guy at Nationals a few years ago who flew a swarm of Hawks and everybody was like, how did that work? And it turned out it worked because,
0: you know They had TLT.
2: It confused everyone <laughs> uh,
0: So I mean, yeah, just just
2: healthy. moving on from that the other yeah. one that um, has just jumped out at me as we're going through um, is um, Christian Grossman Madsen, who's flown Twin Falcons um, So he's got yeah. Lando with Endom and then Han Solo with the Canon R2 engine upgrade trick shot um, so that's cool to see that on the table because it's been a while since kind of double big bishops ships have, have done anything so that's, that's a, a nice one to see
0: Yeah, and sh- uh, again we see um, Nicholas Nielsen. we've talked about his list before he flew out at Euros I think so he had Turani Calder with snapshot and R5P8, Captain Justero Cartel Marauder and then Torquil Mux with Proton Bombs and Mouldy Crow. And he's consistently putting in good results with this list. I'm going to uh, say he
2: made cut at Worlds with this, but I don't know. I believe he did. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: he did.
0: Yeah.
2: And then um, top cut was um, Jesper Winstrom, formerly Hills of 186 Squadron, um, with the only list that he's flown since he moved to Sweden. Which um, So congratulations to him for going uh, 6-0.
1: I mean, technically not true. He did fly double infiltrators for a while. But then oh, that's hurt.
2: right, yeah. <laughs> technically correct is the best kind of correct. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Uh, let's call that a day then on Sweden and move on to the Netherlands. So, a quick glance over here and immediately something that stands out coming in fourth place by Marion uh is Toy Swarm. So Howlrunner, Mauler, Iden, Scourge, Valen, interestingly, and an Academy pilot. Uh, and and I
1: think you hit the nail on the head there.
0: Valen in that list
1: is the, the one for me, that the what the hell?
0: Yeah, like, I don't know, I can't answer you. Stuff like Valen is interesting in that if you give him Duke, you know, you can get the evade and then later get his focus for modding his attack dice as well. But just kind of slipped in there with crack shot, like is he that much better than Night Beast or something. I don't know. It just seems a bit odd. Unless it's in there for the initiative value of the pilot or something. Uh, uh, I
1: mean, he's got massive MOV as well. Like he, he finished what second in Swiss.
0: Uh, yeah, second in Swiss, fourth overall.
1: Um, four. Having that high MOV is is ridiculous for a tight player. Yeah. In fact I think that's the highest MOV at all in, in yeah it is. It's
0: very interesting. It's like it's because people aren't expecting it, people don't prepared for it. So things like a lot of droid swarms, you know, I'm sure the tie swarms just like go clean through them. They just roll up, they out initiative value them, and they just have all these highly modded attack dice. And you just like take out, you know, two to three vultures before they can even fire and they they do really well in that kind of scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my experience, the Tide Swarm is better than the Droid Swarm in a in a one-on-one matchup.
0: Yeah. But then again, like, the counterpoint to that is, like, with Jedi being so popular, you know, they should be able to run rings around them. You know, with the double reposition, not getting any stress. It's, he must have done a good job at, like, pinning them in place.
2: I mean, we see... Sub-Jedi did. Um, Yelte De DeBoer former world's runner-up was the winner um, and he was flying Obi-Wan, Plo Koon, Rickoli, so 3i5s, Sense, R2 um, 7 being the two Jedi so he's won it in the end. Um, the Ties form ended up getting to top four so I don't know if Yalta knocked him out but um, yeah I mean with things like this it's like it's there's a certain element of matchup bingo isn't there? Um, because the meta is still quite open. You know, it's starting to crystallise around aces, around Jedi, around Imperial aces, stuff like that. Um, thanks, Ollie Pucknell. Um But looking at this room, there's a lot of aces. I don't know, maybe his matchups lined up for him, um, without going into a great deal of detail. But I'm just looking down this, this room, the list of Enlist Fortress of the players that are in here, and there's kind of World's Cuts players... There's like five or six World Cups players in the top eight. This looks like it was a really tough room. So, you know, Marion Albee is clearly no slouch with that ties him. like amazing playing that amazingly because he's not got, oh, I was looking at strength of schedule is quite low, but you know, you play who's put in front of you and in that room, he's done really well.
0: Yeah. And he and he kept playing through the cut as well, right? You made it into the top four. Exactly. but it's just ties for him. It's, it's, it's one of those lists that, you know, everyone was terrified of like right back to the start of 2.0 and it's just never done anything amazing. Like it's won a few, um, hyperspace trials and, you know, producer Tim has done well with it and other people obviously, but it's just never had a massive win and people maybe kind of forget about it, but it's still a good, it's just solid. I still think, think- Iden is extremely oh. irritating. I was trying not to swear yeah. there. Yeah, no, she,
1: she absolutely can be, but do you think that's the, uh, people have just been distracted by new toys i mean let's be honest the the tie swarm hasn't really changed much since first edition in how it flies like at all um and do you think that people kind of played it when yeah this is good in second edition and then they've kind of got distracted by other stuff
0: maybe it's
2: kind of hard i think, I think there was I a think... brief so I was just going to say, column. I think there was a brief period where Trajectory Simulator proton bombs followed up by proton torpedoes on Thai Punishers.
1: Oh, were things like Redline and yeah they, yeah, they were just disgusting.
2: And, yeah, and I think that drove the TIE Swarm out of the meta almost entirely. Now, those have been costed up. The only thing that it almost makes sense to put them on is a resistance bomber. Um, we might see TIE Swarms coming back, but... Um, as you say, there's new stuff to play with. The the swarm of the moment is the CIS is Swarm, isn't it? Um, everybody wants to play that. So, it's, I think it's got a little bit better general matchups than the Thai Swarm does. Anyway, other lists, loads of stuff. <laughs> oh, there's a load of variety here. There's um, there's
0: a, a bunch double of, fire spray. There is. Timo there's Boba Rabbe. Fenn as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's quickly touch on Timo Arabe's double fire spray list. So he's got Boba Fett, he's got hull upgrade, Maul crew to give him the force point, crack shot, jamming beam, uh, slave one, uh, unsurprisingly for two points, why not put it in, proton bombs, and then the other fire spray is Koshka frost uh, with hull upgrade, triple zero, rig cargo, crack shot, jamming beam and proton bombs. So Koshka is there, has various tricks to get people stressed to turn on her rerolls uh yeah does anything else kind of stand out from that list for you guys i mean
1: there's a very similar one of Twan coleman who came top 32 running again boba fett koshka frost there's also a lot of boba fett fenrau in the uh, top cut and further down as well with mm. uh, and that's what the uh, the dutch guys were running at worlds it's kind of a team list uh so it's interesting i've got to give a shout out to uh my favorite swiss guy uh fabian zach who um, sounds like the best camp Bond villain ever. I met him at uh, Italy, uh, and he's just an absolute legend. Uh, Flying Scum with uh, Soul Sixer. um, Zuckus with Trickshot Kira, Mist Hunter, Jamming Beam. Now that Zuckus just hits like a truck. It's just just horrible. Uh, Seavor and two Banana Pirates. So again, interesting kind of scum salad type mix.
0: Yeah, definitely. They're, they're the kind of list that has been popping up a lot, you know, these kind of scum salady stuff. And I know Fabian, he's put in a lot of practice with this type of list. Uh, and yeah, he does horrible things with that Zuckus. He hasn't got in, um, you know, everybody's favorite scum upgrade, Tobias Beckett, which I know he's, he occasionally uses to move the rock around, to maximize his Kira Zuckus shenanigans. Yeah. So you know, he's, he's trying different things.
1: Uh, i think but the other one that jumps out at me is uh alexander poll who uh made it to the top 32 with the charge of the space cows he's got three omicron group pilots with jamming beam uh and hull upgrade one's got moff gergerod uh, one's got st321 and then lieutenant sai with jamming beam and hull upgrade just just, just four space cows
2: <laughs> and, he's made, and he's made he's made top 32 with that
1: yeah my goodness yeah that's
0: amazing it's just efficiency, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, yes. F ten inside, just being able to uh, coordinate something, uh, <laughs> Moff rod, giving them all a boost in this system phase—it's
0: just funny. Yeah, and they've got double arcs, you know, stuff like Jedi. They're going to take a while to chew through the Omnicrons, and then they're going to have to—they've got eight arcs to dodge, which will start plinking away at them. So maybe that helps, but yeah, it's just. You know what actually probably helps these guys a lot Would be the introduction of gas clouds Yeah Because the big thing with these guys Well we're going to assume he moved out of his corner At some point But the problem with this type of list Used to be you'd have to turn in eventually And then you're in the rocks and then you're screwed Yeah So just having stuff like a lot of gas clouds about Really helps this kind of list that lacks manoeuvrability And it cares not for a Nantex No (laughs) Like, Like as a Nantex
1: player that is not a list I want to see.
0: Okay, so that's a nice touch on some of the top ones from the Dutch Grand Championship. Congrats again to Jelte Boer for winning it. No surprises to see his name at the top. Let us move on to... Uh, we didn't We didn't mention
2: in Sweden, by the way, it was won by Tobias Vallin. Um, so well done to him. We jumped down the list, but never said who won it.
0: Yep, congrats to Tobias. Uh, so now let's move on to the US Grand Champs uh, that were in St. Louis, Missouri. And, you know... Let's see, there's nothing that different to what we've been seeing. We see, well, Fen Rau and Guri came in uh, third in Swiss, top 32. Just a completely tricked out Guri without manoeuvre, advanced sensors, advanced protons, afterburners, shield upgrade and Virago. Good Lord, that's a fat Guri. And then Fen was <laughs> fearless.
2: I mean, the, the, the biggest thing that I notice about the cut at the US Grand Championships is that it was top 32 when there was only 75 players. So some three and threes made cut. And the guy that came second was a 3-3 three and three player, Clint Hewson, um, playing OB, Plow and Rick. So he made it all the way to top table, having gone evens on day one. So
0: that's a thing. That is a thing. I suppose that's just a case of they have to pre-book them, and they pre book them as two days. So you had that many pl- I think it was two, a two-day. Eh? And then, yeah, they just played it
2: out. Just seems so, crazy, doesn't it? When you've only got 75 players and you get
1: 32 people going into top cut. And then yeah, and you look at kind of Sweden, Sweden had 65 players uh, and only had a top 16. Um, and what did Dutch had 82? 82. And they had a top 32?
0: Yeah. It's a bit all over the place. I think FFG like, lay down rules about the size of tournament and what the cut should be. So the fact that these are all over the place is a bit surprising. Uh,
2: just looking at Sweden, they actually played to a 4-2 play-in. So if you got 4-2, and two, you made cut. So they had 29. So 29 people made cut and they cut it. Um, So Van Langeland didn't make cut because he was the top three and three. So there you go. Just spotted that. (laughs) Should have gone to um, America. Should have. (laughs) But yeah, um, Sweden was just a straight top 16 and America was a straight top 32. So they've allowed some three and threes in. But yeah, it's uh, it's just a bit weird, isn't it? Seeing cuts that big um, for tournaments that are actually quite small.
1: Yeah, and you see names like Duncan Howard going to the top 32. So I assume, I mean, he finished fourth. So I would assume that he went out someone that was three and three.
2: Yep, definitely. Because, I mean, it went all the way down to the person who finished 33rd because it was obviously a drop. Um, so he, Duncan, might have gone out to. Uh, Joshua? Joshua? Nuts. Or Clint, maybe Clint Houston who came second. But. I know because Joshua went out in the top 32 as well so it can't ah, have okay. been him. So it must have been Clint. Hmm. So Duncan got
0: put out by the guy that came second. Well, gone in three, a so.
1: player anyway, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, homing in on a few of the lists that look interesting, I'm going to go right to Doug Howe who came first. So congrats to Doug. And what he was flying was uh, six Trade Federation drones with grappling snuts, struts and then sunfak with crack shot and ensnare. Well, so, well I
1: guess that confirms it and some facts broken
0: yeah well i just will isn't here to defend himself and he did a few episodes a- ago say i told you so well maybe the world is saying i told you so back to will what do we think about this doing will?
1: well you look at it he, he's not gone for a bid at all like mm-hmm. he's just gone you know what i am just gonna max this out uh sorry he's gone for a one point bid. it's look we know that trade federation Jones are efficient with grappling struts, they get to land on rocks. Sunfak is a great ship, um, and actually, I quite like Doug's school of thought, whereby he goes, "You know what? I don't give a damn about the bid. I am just going to load up on stuff." But I, I was just before we start recording, I was just watching the the final of this, um, and he had some incredibly good luck to take out. Uh, I mean, yeah, great play by him as well, but um, he took out uh, Ricolet and. Um, Plo Koon very, very quickly and then Clint uh, offered him the uh, the win because it was Obi-Wan versus the World he'd he taken out a drone so it was a bit of a lackluster final to be honest, but that's not to take anything away from him, he's, he's done well for himself, finished ninth in uh, Swiss and then uh, topped cut. Cup so...
0: Yeah, and I, I agree with you I think about not going for a deep bid you know some people have talked about Sunfak and 5 drones but just having six drones should be enough to control space anyway. You can say, well, I'm just going to block up this area with the drone and then keep sunfac safe that way. And you know stuff like Obi-Wan and Plo Koon are so popular at the moment that you don't need to worry that much about other sixes.
2: I think the thing about those drones as well, when you've got six of them, if you can create a little cluster of rocks in the corner, you can stick your six drones on that cluster of rocks and basically just say... You know, you've got to come over to me. And then when you do, I'm going to turn on you and have six calculates to, you know, to power these shots up. So, you know, he could be forcing people to come in and and to play where he wants them to. um, Wherever that cluster of rocks is that he manages to make on the board, just make a beeline for it and then dwell around it. And people don't want to go over there because Sunfac plus tractor beams plus, you know, all of these shots coming in. But ultimately, you've got to go in, you've got to engage that because as a list it's um, got what a 14 dice salvo so mm. you know not not to go into stalling and mobile fortressing and all of that discussion here because it's it's water under the bridge now but this is a definitely a list that makes you engage
1: on its terms i mean 15 15 15 is it he has got the yeah it's 12 from the uh drones and then three from
2: oh yeah because he's got his bullseye as a three printed yeah yep. So, yeah, it's um, it's pretty horrible, but well done to Doug. He's played it well. He's won in a tough room.
0: Okay, so let's move on and talk about a few other things. Something that pops out to me is Ethan Van Sant. He came fifth in Swiss, knocked out in the top 32 with a Delta Squadron pilot, Inquisitor with Conks, Inquisitor with Homing Missile, and then Krennic on an Omnicron. And that just pops out as its second appearance of a Defender. We've had yeah. in these results. And you they're know, good. That's, Yeah, they are good. And they're entering hyperspace for the next wave. I mean, that's that's horrible. I hate them. I hate playing against them.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're they're just like. It's like somebody's taken an E Wing and thought, what's wrong with it? Let's make it better. Because they are just unbelievably good. You know, six health behind three agility, usually got a focus of aid. Yeah. Seven isn't health, it? isn't it? Seven, Is it health. seven now. Oh, God. Yeah. And yeah. they gave it boost yeah, as well. Three, three, and they've got all, four sensor. Shields. Yeah, and they've got sensor slots, they can get advanced sensors if they want to. So, you know, just never shoot me again. That's, yeah, it seems ugh. like
1: advanced sensors, Daredevil, or uh, mm. collision detectors, great on them. But they, they are so expensive, uh, that's the, the problem with them. But rightly so, they are quite scary. I mean, the, the list that jumps out at me is Earl, who finished 14th uh, with four new squadron pilots with auto blasters, and Echo with Crackshot Passive Sensor Fifth Brother. Like the echo isn't surprising. It's just the the four new squadrons with auto blasters. It's kind of similar to um, the four logistics squadron pilots that we saw, and uh, like a pocket ace with uh, Lula. Um, we we've got again four ships with a, a secondary weapon and
0: a pocket ace. I would say this one looks stronger as well. Yeah, it's I've good. Obviously the trick there is they've got, like, auto-blasters are so cheap and you can just slam your new squadrons around and still be popping shots off. That seems to be, like, good. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that's... The the thing about those um, gunboats is that they're quite hard to kill in one turn and if you don't kill them, then you never see them again until they appear range 2 or range 1 behind you because you've turned on something else. So, you know, gunboats are a really good chassis. An echo is obviously really good. So, I mean, it's—I um, didn't even see that list before, but it looks really, really strong. I hope I never see it. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think most people have given up on gunboats now, haven't they?
0: Well, I think for a lot of people, they're very hard to get their hands on. They're one of those things that they were—they had one printing at the end of 1.0, and they've not come back. So, I believe they are very expensive if you want to buy them secondhand. I mean, if anyone
1: does want one. I've got uh, some sat on the shelf uh, Please contact
0: me Alright <laughs> Moving swiftly on From Darren shilling section And we're going to talk about the Polish Grand Championships uh, to, to top this podcast off And man Top of Swiss Right away You have to talk about it Is, is Maciek para, Parachek? He was flying Three Epsilon Squadron Cadets Which are the cheapest generic Tie F.O. Two Zeta Squadron Survivors, which are the cheapest generic TIE SFs, and Avenger in the TIE Silencer. No upgrades on anything. It's a First Order list that's doing well, when extremely well, when people say First Order is useless and can't do anything. So, what do you think of that, Darren?
1: Yeah, I mean it. Uh, no one would have predicted this
0: make no. a cut. Like
1: other, other than obviously all Para. Um, he, obviously he he uh, knew he was going to make a cut, but yeah, it just seems like it's it's raw efficiency. So you've got the Z Squadron survivors. Um, he's got two of them. They've got front and the back arc. Their initiative two. You've got the Epsilon Squadron decks. He's got three of them. Their initiative one. And then you've got Avenger, who basically is when the friend and his ship's destroyed, he gets to perform an action. Now, that's not once per turn, and he can even do it while he's stressed, so there's some stuff there that, you know, you, you're hoping that one of your when ships gets popped. And uh, he can then have some decent modified offense. so target-lock focus type stuff. Yeah, it's... I, I don't think any... Yeah, as I said, <laughs> I wouldn't have caught it.
0: I'll be honest, looking at it now, and after what you've just said, I still don't understand it. Like, it's five... Five two red dice attacks modified with a single focus if you don't do any kind of reposition and then Avenger who's I3 and admittedly can get like highly modified attacks with all the actions it can take if your ships are dying but I really don't understand <laughs> like what is this targeting in the meta?
2: It's, it's a swarm and it's got um, shields so it's a shielded swarm so it's um resisting an awful lot of the stuff that pops um the traditional tie swarm it falls into the the ace plus um mini swarm um group again um although the ace is only i3 um there's just so many arcs there you can build those kill boxes everything's really cheap so you lose one ship you've got five more it, it it's got all of the benefits of having a straight swarm um yeah i mean it's you look at his MOV, it's decent. You look at his strength of schedule, it's decent. He's gone 6-0. and um, And we know that um, Old Parra is a good player and a good list architect. You know, he invented Paratani, which is why it's called what it is. So, you know, he he can see how things put to get, um, get put together. So, you know, but I think that the key word for this one is just efficiency. Um, there's, there's not much I mean, else to say it it, about it.
1: You look at how it breaks down. You've got Avenger, so... One of the other arguments in the, in the meta at the moment, as we all know, is a Seer Swarm. Avenger is an ace compared to Seer. So if it's just Seer and a load of uh, PS1 drones, well, you've got the three Epsilon Squadron Cadets that can block, and then you've got the Z Squadron Survivors which can shoot first, and Avenger who can shoot first as well. So they're effectively going to be able to take out a drone or two before uh, they get to fire. And even with things like Crackshot, uh, because of the, the fact that these have got shields, the TIE Fighters have got, uh, what is it, three hole one shield and three green dice. The uh, the SFs have got effectively six um, and Avengers basically an inceptor with shields. Um, it, there's, it's actually quite difficult for that um, swarm to chew through. And then when you look at the dial that's on them, with the, um, the signals loop and the, um, the, just the, the hard one reposition, things like that, they can actually knife fight quite well with uh, droids that sat on rocks.
0: Okay. Yeah. But then I mean, if you look at who, who he lost to in the final, it was the Seer Swarm. Well, then this everything I just said.
2: I mean, he's played through a few swarms. I mean, this is a, another weird um, cut size because 114 players, it's the biggest one of the four, um, and it's only gone to top 16. Um, but, you know, there's there's been quite a few Quite a lot of swarms And uh, Ace Mini swarms and things in here as well um, So, you know He must have played through some of those um, uh, But then, you know On the final he's lost to Philip, Um Vukic, who, who's who gone on To win the thing um, With Captain Seer, TA175 Solus1, and then Seven Trade Federation drones Sorry, with Energy Shell charges So, you know, but it's good
0: Yeah and I know I'll have to say, like, even though I've just you know, Philip beat Matchek in the in the final, that is obviously one game. You know, you can't take too much from that if Matchek has gone through other swarms, maybe there is more to it than I'm giving it credit for. But like, you know, it's because I yeah. look at Matchek's list building, he's done before us, like Paratani in one like a list he's been running in two was his old Tarok Talambane Uh, ketsu list which is obviously very well tailored to taking out four phantoms like I could look at that and I could understand this I'd look at this and I don't understand this like you know the everyone just said oh the epsilon squadron cadets they're just not as efficient as the tie fighter you're paying those few extra points for a shield which isn't that worth it zeta squadrons you know it's like I don't know it's just like are are these ships just better than we've been giving them credit for and you know maybe but that's enough that's enough on that list for a while one that's standing out to me is uh, Lucas Galanca, who got to the top four with uh, three Stalgassian Hiveguard with Snare and Dooku with Jamming Beam and Sense. That seems good. Yeah, the, the list runs at PS3, so it's an interesting one. Sense definitely seems good with, with the, uh, the Nantex, for obvious reasons, right? Yeah, because yeah, then you look at the dial and
1: you know which way to point your arc and where to position yourself. Uh, to get either the blocks off or to get your uh, tractor array pointed in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then one last thing I'd like to comment on, rather than being a specific list, is being an upgrade, and that is Admiral Sloan. So Admiral Sloan has appeared in two lists. We'll say so 10th was Thomas Kwasinski, and then 11th was Maciek Klorek. So one was four Alpha Squadron interceptors and an Omnicron with seven sister and Sloan. And then match X list was Omicron pilot with Sloan, four academy pilots, and then Sooenter fell. I think Sloan is a very good upgrade, and it's especially good against things like Jedi, where you know they don't like being stressed. I especially like match X list with having you know the four academies and then to Fail to go and hunt down whatever you double stress and take it out while it's weak. Yeah, these they, they look like proper meta
2: calls, don't they? Mm. Um, this this is like putting Rebel Captive on in version one. Um, stick something on that stresses something so that you can screw it later on. Um, they are really good. The the one, um, just aware of how long we've been going on for. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a lot of shouting, shouting at this. Um, was the, um, the guy that finished fifth in Swiss and 16th, uh, went out in top 16. Um, Matthias Belinsky, who's gone full balls out and just flown Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, with R2 yep. Delta 7b sense and a shield upgrade. So no um, no supernatural reflexes on, on one of them, uh, none of that. Um, just uh, a big bid and a bunch of upgrades and um, flying around by the seat of your pants all day. So that looks like it will
1: be an awesome fun. Yeah. yeah. There is also another Sloan in the top 16,
0: was uh, there,
1: Tomash, who finished uh, 18. One, one, three, 6 Academy Pilots. Uh, and an Omicron Group pilot Would slow and miss The tour and hull upgrade
0: So nice. it
1: looks like It is a, a call in Poland
0: I would yeah. not be surprised To see that appearing more As we go forward But then again There's not really That much going to happen Until we get points upgrade Updates in January Fingers crossed Right Anyway We've Blabbed on for long enough Congrats to anyone Who's still listening uh, Apologies to producer Sean uh, But for today That is uh, Goodbye from Darren Bye for now Goodbye from Richard Cheerio. And goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, everyone.